Welcome to Untying Knots, Minds and Souls Untethered with Perry Clark. This program looks at mental health from unique perspectives and shows you how to manage your life by finding the knots that help you and stay away from the ones that could be a disadvantage. Now, here is your host, Perry Clark. Welcome back to Untying Knots, Minds and Souls Untethered. I'm Perry Clark, licensed marriage and family therapist here with you. I want to remind everyone that this podcast is for entertainment and education purposes only. This does not constitute working with a mental health provider. I do recommend you seek out one that's in your area. And I do want to remind you that many of us do work via telehealth. So you can find a provider anywhere across your state, even if you can't find one in your immediate area or works with your unique needs. So that being said, let's get on to what we're talking about today. So if you listen to the special episode, one of the special episodes that came out, especially back at the end of the last year, I had a conversation with Mercedes, Mercedes Salamudio about Wakanda Forever. Well, this time, not doing a special episode, but a part of our regular recordings, we're going to do something very similar. And only in this case, I've brought back uh, Elizabeth Ario. Sadly, we can't call her doctor yet. She's still working on that. Uh, to talk about another one of these lovely little moments in geekdom, but that also overlaps with us in mental health. And today we're going to talk a bit about a particular comic book series that came out from DC Comics in around 2018 to 2019 called Heroes in Crisis. But we'll get into that in a bit more, but I want to, again, remind you of who we are here I'm going to be talking with. So Elizabeth is a first-generation Mexican-American in the process of obtaining a PhD in clinical psychology. She created the website Psychology for Geeks and its social media counterpart, Superpower Toolkit, to eliminate stigma on mental health and in the geek community, as well as providing a safe space for geeks everywhere to geek out. In October 2021, she released her new social media series, Reframe and Reenchant. The series helps promote geek therapy projects by geek therapists and provides fun ways we can get out and take care of our health. Welcome back, Elizabeth. Thank you. Just one quick correction. So I ended oh, up changing sorry. my <laughs> no worries. I ended up changing my name on social media or like my um, social media handle. It's now ah. at Psych for Geeks. Ah, at Psych for Geeks. And to right, match so. with the website. <laughs> gotcha. But I'm so okay. excited. Gotta keep the branding straight. Completely there. But uh, thank you for coming back on, and uh, thank you for talk, talking with us, because you can also talk from, from the PhD, more the PhD level, even if you don't have the doctorate title yet, as I talk from the master's level and the, the aspects of it. Yeah, I'm very excited. Thank you for, for inviting me back. I've had this book for a while now, and I was just <laughs> sitting there, and you gave me a reason to read it. So I am really, <laughs> really happy well, about that. Well, especially because my partner was telling me about this particular series, and I had just not had a chance to go delve on it. And I forget exactly what it was, but this sparked the idea. is like, okay, let's go read this and then talk about it on the podcast. So, again, yes. uh, we're going to be talking about Heroes in Crisis, which is from DC Comics. And it was originally written by uh, the lead writer on it was Tom King, and the lead artist was Clay Mann. And this was done in 2018, 2019. So we're also looking at this essentially almost five years later, or four to five years later, and how our thoughts about mental health have shifted, especially as we deal with the mental health crisis that we have been sitting in since the start of the pandemic. Yeah, it's still really relevant, though. I mm -hmm. didn't even pay attention to when it was released, but 
everything that was in there, I was like, oh yeah. Like I, it's something like topics that I constantly talk about with, um, you know, the people that I work with or things that I'm trying to learn more, or even that I experience in my own life. A lot mm-hmm. of it was like, oh, there needs to be like a whole series just on this because it was so interesting. And it was some, most sometimes it was just um, a few pages that it was addressed or it was just a little tiny picture. Section. Yeah. Where it was brought up and I'm like, oh, this is really good. Mm-hmm. So for those, so we're going to be trying to apply, talk about this from one of three areas, and we're probably going to be intermingling as we go along. We're going to be talking about this from the place of mental health professionals. We're going to be talking about this from the place as geeks. And then also, depending on what we see here, also what it means to be POC persons, both of that are geeks and of mental health aspects. So I admit after I read it, I part of me just kind of felt like, okay, I actually could have done, well, we're not going to try and give too many spoilers because we want you to read this as well. But one of the key things that happens in here is a murder or a series of murders. I love, I kind of think that the murders, murders got in the way of the other side of the mental health story that was going on there. But that's just me. I can see where they needed to tie it in because again, superheroes are trying to solve crime. So what happens when you have a crime at a place like this? Yeah, no, I, I I agree with you that I was kind of confused or maybe it's because, you know, I geek out about mental health, not only superheroes. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, no, you, you need to talk more about this specific like mental health topic. It would have been, um, mm-hmm. I think, maybe a bit better. But I, I can right. see why, you know, uh, the storyline or the detective aspect of figuring out what happened was added mm-hmm. to it. Mm-hmm. Which, and just with some of the other themes that I know show up in comic books, I think they probably could have used something else other than the idea of there had to be a giant mystery at essentially a superhero mental health facility. I really like the idea because I know we talked about it like back mm-hmm. when we like first met. And mm-hmm. I I think that's when I bought the book and then I just never read it. Um, but the idea of it, like having a place for superheroes to go and get help was oh, such so. a huge thing for me because I've never, I mean, I'm not very into the comic books. I just sort mm-hmm. of grew up with uh, the cartoons and like now the mm-hmm. movies. Um, so I'm like, but I never really heard of that. And it was such an interesting concept. And in my head, I was like, well, that's what we're trying to do. Well, like when we incorporate like um, geek culture into therapy, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to provide a safe space for everyone mm-hmm. to come and like seek help and like just geek out. Um mm-hmm. And I, th- that was such a great idea for me. And then I'm like, wait, at the end of it, I was like, are they going to continue having that? Like, is it, it was such a great like idea for heroes to have a, a place to like rest and relax, mm-hmm. you know, and like then keep going because it is very difficult job to be a superhero. Well, no, and not just a hero, just in the standpoint of you're literally talking about somebody who's putting their literal life, depending on what type of abilities they have, into physical harm. Purposely putting yourself into physical harm. Now, we have this with firefighters and many of the first responders and so forth, but I mean, this is the literal aspect of you are purposely putting yourself in the frame of a bullet. You're putting yourself purposely in the frame of a sword. You're putting yourself literally to get crushed by an asteroid. Yeah, and there were some of them that like even talked about how they were like, oh, well, I don't really have any superpowers, but like I'm still trying to help people and like do the mm-hmm. right thing. And I'm like, oh, yeah, like it just makes me think of Batman. Batman was sort of 
I think my original favorite superhero mm-hmm. um, because he was just so intelligent and mm-hmm. I loved that. Um, after a while, I think I sort of forgot about it. And, you know, as I grew up mm-hmm. and like I had different life experiences, I sort of changed a little bit. Um, but you know what? I can't, I think I'm going to jump the gun a little bit and mm-hmm. talk about sure. like what it means to be sort of like, you know, like a person of color and like read this comic book. Please. And because once you mentioned it earlier, I started thinking about it and I'm like, I kind of briefly thought about it as I was reading it. And then I'm like, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of heroes that I really like. Wonder Woman Mm -hmm. is amazing, Um, Mm -hmm. especially like the way that it was portrayed by Gal Gadot. It was like amazing. Mm -hmm. I just loved Mm -hmm. her. Um, And again, Batman was one of my original favorites. But then I realized I was like, but they're not like my absolute favorites now and Mm -hmm. i i didn't really consider about like or thought about why they weren't my favorites anymore um until i started thinking more about it and i'm like i think it's because i couldn't identify with them fully there were Mm -hmm. aspects of them that i was like oh i like that um Mm -hmm. for example like uh green arrow Uh, he was really funny in the um, justice league unlimited cartoons and Mm -hmm. i loved him because of that and i love wonder Mm -hmm. woman because of this other specific thing and batman so i just took like little aspects of them that i tried to like Mm -hmm. you know oh that's kind of what i I wanted to be when i grew up or like the Mm -hmm. kind of adult i wanted to be but i never really had a superhero where i was like yes exactly like i can completely identify with you Exactly. And that also does, I hate to say, show up a lot here that the entire storyline centers around or it focuses on essentially the white characters. Yeah. There is not a POC character that is actually amongst the recognition about mental health in this, other than some of the victims that end up dying at the facility called Sanctuary. So it kind of makes me wonder how this story would have been written now if we had that part was incorporated more. Yeah. So I'm actually learning a lot more about uh, my own culture and Mm -hmm. for my culture in the Mexican culture, family and community are very important. And that's something that we end up missing um, Mm -hmm. when we immigrate to like a different Mm -hmm. country and we leave sort of everyone behind. And um, in my head, I was like, why, why didn't, why didn't anybody else understand how much Wally lost, Mm -hmm. you know? And I'm like, everybody was like, Oh, I'm so happy you're back. Mm -hmm. But they didn't Mm -hmm. acknowledge that. Hey, you lost so much because of us. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. nothing, nothing. I'm like, are you okay? Because he was clearly not okay. And nobody ever like talked about it. Which then uh, again, brings up the aspect of, again, is there a component of this where who they focused on in this story missed that opportunity? Right. Yeah. Yeah, Because I know then now that I think about it, I probably, I I probably should have a conversation with uh, Dr. Gamble about the other side of, uh, DC with the green uh, with the Black Lightning storyline. So I'm going to be going checking out and see if I can do another one of these. But that standpoint of, like you said, would any of the POC characters have been able to recognize what was going on Wally a lot sooner? And equally, how does this also play into the messages and the stigma and the pain that we encounter with mental health issues? 
And even too, the other way around, like, mm-hmm. would it have been a lot faster if Wally was Mexican? Like, mm-hmm. and if he had like a lot, like a big community where he could like talk to people or like that he trusted because mm-hmm. obviously he trusted, um, you know, the big three or the main mm-hmm. three Batman, or Superman the, and Wonder Woman. Yeah. Or the other Flash. <laughs> right. Um, but he didn't trust them enough to be able to say, hey, I'm really struggling with this. Mm-hmm. And as I'm learning more about my culture, I realized mm-hmm. that like, as we moved on and like now we're talking more about mental health, which is fantastic. But mm-hmm. also there has been a big change in how mental health ha- is seen mm-hmm. by um, people of color. Because I am study, I've been studying to be a psychologist for a long time. And when I started, my parents will say things like, oh, you know, therapies for crazy people or like only people who mm-hmm. really need help go. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if we look back to our ancestors, that was not the case. Mm-hmm. Like mental health was something that was important and valued. And if you needed help, like you had people around you because if somebody was, um, you know, struggling with something, it was the problem of the whole community. So the whole community mm-hmm. had a part to play in how they supported you. And now that I'm saying this, like what my parents mentioned, like that's actually in like the, um, mm-hmm. in the comics because Wonder Woman, and I wrote this down, um, Wonder Woman went to, um, you know, to ask for help or just to talk about what she was struggling with. And mm-hmm. at the end, she got up and left saying, I just prefer to buy my lip. Like, I don't want, mm-hmm. like, somebody else needs help, but I don't really need help. Right. And, and in that particular moment, I, as I recall, she was talking about an experience where she as a child needed some sort of support, which she couldn't do because her mother was in a her own crisis at that particular moment. Right. Yeah. And that mm-hmm. also speaks to a lot of situations that we even see in our offices, how many people were in crises, but because of other circumstances, no one noticed. Or they minimized yeah. because of it. Yeah, or, or it was this thing where like, oh, well, you know, so-and-so is struggling a lot more, so, or they need mm-hmm. me right now, so I don't have time to care of myself. I, mm-hmm. I see it a lot in parents mm-hmm. um, where I cannot tell you how many times I've asked a parent, oh, so what are your hobbies? And then mm-hmm. they describe hobbies that they do or things that they do with their children, for their children. And I'm mm-hmm. like, well, that's great. You can also enjoy that. But what do you do for yourself? Like, what mm-hmm. do you like outside of like hanging out with your children? And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, and then there's like, this moment of realization of like, oh, I stopped. I stopped having hobbies after I had children. Mm-hmm. Or like, I can remember the last time I did something for myself. Mm-hmm. So, yes, everything that I like read, I was like, yes, this is something that we talk in therapy. This is, it was very relatable in some way or another because it's something that we experience through life, you know, the, mm-hmm. the need. To have a safe space and receive support from our community and have other ones notice when we're not doing so well. Because sometimes we're so stuck in that we're struggling and we're trying to like just survive, you know, and crawl out Mm -hmm. like that dark hole that we're in. um, That we forget that sometimes there's people that we can reach out to. So Mm -hmm. having someone that asks us, hey, are you okay? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
and we actually saw that right in that sort of like the relationship with um harley quinn and poison ivy right and because it, she was there yeah yeah she was, she was there, there to support her yeah Mm -hmm. and, and even too it's also in what we saw when batgirl comes to support harlequin and when between booster gold and black and blue beetle too yes i saw i love that at first i was a little suspicious and i'm like oh wait because i couldn't really figure out like what had happened or mm -hmm. not or who was responsible for it and uh when blue beetle was like oh no you what is what did he say it was uh bros before heroes or something yep. like that and yep. i'm like oh, okay i like that yeah mm -hmm. and then afterwards i was like wait but are you helping him like escape are you also good or were you in on it uh but mm -hmm. then afterwards it, it was revealed like that they had a very trusting relationship mm -hmm. um i get to, to bring it back i don't know much about blue beetle but my brother has sort of mentioned it sometimes well is he originally supposed to be like not white so there's <laughs> for those what what history i follow there's more than one blue beetle. Oh, okay, gotcha. So we if, don't really know what this one is. Well, no, this one is before the one that's getting the movie. Oh, okay, okay. So it's not the same one I'm thinking of then. Right. This right. blue beetle is sort of there. As far as I remember, there's supposed to be three of them. One of them had been starting to be able to use the blue beetle scarab initially, but it was limited. The second mm -hmm. one used the technology based off of the blue beetle to build his technology mm. and the one that's coming out in the movie which is a hispanic character is actually using the blue beetle as a battle suit oh okay okay yeah i think that's the one i was sort of introduced to mm -hmm. um i think it's high the same as one of the cartoons yeah well, probably the brave and the bold if yeah not, i a, think so yeah if not there's a whole um section of the um young justice that centers around them too Oh my gosh, it's been so long since I watched uh, cartoons and I'm like, I think I need to go rewatch this. What were you just saying about your own hobbies for yourself? <laughs> I do have a lot of hobbies. I need to like not have as many, I guess. I have a lot of. <laughs> yeah, I, I've got a lot. I've got a, yeah, I've got several stacks, almost two to three years worth of comic books I still need to read. That's one of those things that went out the window when the pandemic started for me. But you know what? That's a different hobby. Mm -hmm. Like collecting audience books and things you want to read. It's a slightly different hobby than reading them. Yes, but I also want to sit down and read them too. That's true. Yeah. And there are so many books that I have like a pile like close to my bed so I can just like reach at night, like mm -hmm. right before bed, just to read a couple of chapters or whatever. And it's a mix between like mental health things that I'm trying to learn more about and a mix of like, oh, this is really interesting. I want to read this one series that has mm -hmm. nothing to do with mental health. But Exactly. Yeah. Now, on that note, one of the things is also very key, which is one of the things I spoke about here is the secrets that all of these heroes are divulging to essentially the computer system that runs Sanctuary, who is serving as their therapist. Everything gets deleted after they walk out of the therapy room. And in this case, again, not giving too many spoilers, those secrets get put out into the world, which is what forces the world to know that heroes are going to Sanctuary for mental health. And 
this brings up a big issue that we often talk about, especially with our first clients, is the issue of confidentiality. Yeah, and I was also thinking too, maybe because I am also like um, a practicing therapist now, where I'm mm-hmm. like, no, a computer cannot replace a person. It's different, oh, yeah, even though yeah. we we are human and we make mistakes and we not might not be like the most qualified person sometimes. Um, that's why referrals exist. But mm-hmm. like, I was like, mm, no, why would it be a computer? Why can't it be like a person? But I guess you know, I kind of understand well, superhero roles slightly different than well, yeah, because. Yeah, because the computer system in Sanctuary is based off of Kryptonian technology. It was running off of the variant of Brainiac, but it's supposed to have the strength of Superman, the compassion of Wonder Woman, and the knowledge and will of Batman. And I'm just sort of thinking about that as like, okay, I can see the compassion for Wonder Woman. I can see the strength, but why does it have to be the will or uh, for Batman? It could be some other things, components, right. but equally to that The resiliency of, of Batman? That would be a better option to speak to the quality that is being spoken by this computer. But I also agree with you the aspect of why is a computer doing this as opposed to a human or or even another alien? I mean, Martian Manhunter would be a great one to basically be sitting there doing this given the telepathic powers. Right. What, what, um... I have a lot of thoughts <laughs> about how they did the whole program and oh, yes. also how, we, how we do it in, in real life too, because you, so you mentioned confidenti- confidentiality and sometimes that is possible for us to do. Mm. Sometimes it's not, especially like I work a lot with children. So I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, so there, there's a limit when you work with mm-hmm. kids. Um, you also have to bring in the parent because almost in a sense, it is more helpful to have the parent sort of be understanding and, um, understand the child and how to um, interact with them in a more positive way or in a, in, a, in a way that is more helpful for the child because I, we only see them for you know once a week but the parents with them most of the time so it's more mm-hmm. helpful in that way um, but you know one thing that I did like is when it was in my head I was like well why is this a big deal like, mm-hmm. why are like, we talking about this? But in, in the book, it was a big deal that Superman had to come out and and talk about how, okay, yeah, we mm-hmm. are struggling, so we go and get help. And I'm mm-hmm. like, wait, how is that a big thing? But again, I've been in this field for so long where I'm like, yeah, no, duh. Like, that's what you would do. Or that would be, like, so much more beneficial. One of the reasons why I, like, created, you know, Psychology for Geeks, mm-hmm. because I wanted more... Um, train professionals to talk about mental health because although there's a lot of artists that are creating mm-hmm. amazing work and I talk about self-care and all that it is much more complicated than just have mm-hmm. a rest day or don't forget to take deep breaths like a lot of us need more there's a lot more to therapy than just mm-hmm. you know, having those reminders. And sometimes because we see it all the time on social media, we might forget about that. Or we may be like, oh, well, we don't really need to go see a therapist because it's not so bad. Or, you know, I, I'm just going to do self-care kind yep. of thing. So I'm like, and no, this is some. And no, I apologize for interrupting. Mm-hmm. But especially that standpoint, too, is <laughs> that notion that, People expect the heroes not to need that. Right. And there were so many heroes that they were like, 
in one way or another, they were talking about how, oh, we're supposed to be perfect. So I can be talking about this or like, I don't feel mm-hmm. as comfortable talking about this or admitting this because I'm, I'm a hero and I'm supposed to be this. Like, no, I mean, okay, most of them were human. Some of them were not. But mm-hmm. even then, like they still needed help because they witnessed like the worst of humanity all the time. Mm-hmm. And like you said, like they, they're putting, you know, their life in danger to help other people. And most of the time, those people that they save, either they just disappear and forget about them or may turn them against them. Like we <laughs> see that happen often, like, you know, with superheroes. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so I'm like, well, yeah. There's a third element too. Then you've also got the ones who are angry that the superhero didn't come to rescue them. Right. Like this is your job. You're supposed to come and help me. Yeah. Right. Or like, uh, Yeah. Yeah, because there's the ones like, that they came to. Yeah, there's the ones that they came to rescue who eventually, ideally, move on with their life. But then you've got also that other person who, when the hero's dilemma choice comes up, do I rescue this person or this person? And the person that they didn't rescue then gets upset at them for not being there. Right, or like um, a lot of people where there's the complaint of like, well, you didn't rescue me well enough or you could have gotten here sooner or like Mm -hmm. why didn't you prevent this from the beginning and i'm like okay Mm. like it's not easy yeah well there's an entire freaking world guess what there are multiple shits going down at the same time and there's that aspect of triage but you know we also see that in our sessions don't we mm-hmm. we see people that come in and then they're like help me you have to do something to help me or mm-hmm. they're like okay i'll give you five sessions and in five sessions you have to like completely cure me mm-hmm. i'm like uh, if i had that magic wand it would be so much easier but unfortunately that's not how it works although they did add that there was this mm-hmm. one thing i don't know if this is going to be too much of spoilers but there was one situation in which it was the hero helping himself at the end. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, we don't want to, again, break the, give the spoilers because we want people to read and recognize it. But the hero, and then this is in its own way, it's like empty chair. Yes. Yeah, so that aspect of you're talking to a piece of your uh, or a part of yourself, which is also part of the principle of uh, in, in, uh, internal family systems or IFS, um, that happened in this case because a hero had a chance to talk to actually himself. And actually, it shows up twice uh, in there, both with at the end, but also earlier on with Booster Gold as well, when he's in the chamber. Oh, that's of, true. Mm-hmm. that's true yeah i forgot about that one but then i like when i saw that happen or like that plot point i was like that's exactly it that's exactly what like therapists are supposed to be there for we're supposed to only be there to provide a place for you to an encouragement for you to get to a place where you can help yourself mm-hmm. because again we're only there to to guide and support we're not there to tell you what to do or to give you like the secret life recipe that somehow we've come up with from our of research if it was <laughs> that easy i would just post it everywhere but it isn't um, exactly. yeah that- exactly and you know i think that's a great place for us to take our break so this is Perry Clark, licensed marriage and family therapist here here on Untying Knots, Minds and Souls and Tether with Elizabeth Arreu. Ar- 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 
our, 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 thank you, our Visu, soon to be doctor. And uh, stay tuned for our second half as we continue to have this conversation, folks. We'll be back shortly. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Our lives and the world around us can get messy and frustrating. Untangle and Grow Counseling's focus is to untangle that mess and make sense of it so you have a good foundation to build and grow from. Visit us on the web at untangleandgrowcounseling.com. Perry Clark offers individual psychotherapy, couples and family therapy, and adolescence therapy from a variety of coping materials and resources. Visit untangleandgrowcounseling.com for more information. Enjoying our shows and can't get enough of us? Follow us on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio and see what we're cooking up for you. You are listening to Untying Knots, Minds and Souls Untethered. If you have a question or comment about our podcast, send an email to pclark at untyingknotspodcast.com. That's pclark at untyingknotspodcast.com. And now, back to the program. Hello, folks. Welcome back to the second half here on Untying Knots, Minds and Souls Untethered. I'm Perry Clark, licensed marriage and family therapist here with Susan... With Elizabeth... Uh, uh, soon to be doctor, and we were t- here talking about heroes in crisis from DC Comics, uh, and I guess I made that Freudian slip because I'm thinking about when we were ta- talking about um, Wakanda Forever and the great love triangle that's also associated in that one, or at least with the character of Namor and Sue Storm. So I think that's where I slipped up. At. <laughs> And we were just but, talking about the previous episode as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's something we'll talk about on a, another podcast at some point. But um, what are some of the, some of the other things that I also found very interesting in looking at this? Is the variety of issues that characters that were there at Sanctuary dealing with, like um, Commander Steel, not a character I'm as f- familiar with, but. He's dealing with the aspects of dying and coming back, dying and coming back. Um, or there's another one named Solstice. Um, not as familiar with her abilities, but she's struggling with controlling the superhero version of herself and her human self. How does she get to live with that in that human self aspect? So we get a variety of characters here talking about the various struggles they're having uh, with what it means to do be heroes and they're not all the same too yes i appreciated that so much because that that was exactly it because there was like um you see it quite at the beginning um (laughs) you sometimes you see one um Mm -hmm. just the way that they did it like the different panels uh, it was it was really amazing because like you said each one was struggling with something slightly different but it's Mm -hmm. something still very relatable that Mm -hmm. that we often experience in in real life as well the the one that got me was uh narc oh the neanderthal one yes that's the one and because he was struggling he was like okay so 
and he was so deep and philosophical. And I was like, wait, I, I don't think I can keep up with you. But he was talking right. about how living in the past had so many wonderful things that he missed, mm-hmm. right? Like sort of n- life wasn't as complicated as it is now, nowadays. And his connection with nature was a lot deeper as well. And he had mm-hmm. all his needs met, so he didn't really need a more and once he woke up in this world it, there was so much going on that mm-hmm. he was kind of like oh this is amazing and things are like a lot easier than you know they were back mm-hmm. in the day but also a lot harder in some mm-hmm. ways how much distant and in many ways he's also one of those characters who very much likely could have related with wally about the loss but there's yes. never that chance because it's there. It, even when they should start talking about how sanctuary is structured, you're, the heroes there are all in complete anonymity because they're covered up in robes, wearing these face masks that make them all look the same, and they're not actually supposed to talk to each other. Yes. So, okay, I was thinking that, and I just quickly trying to um, Google this. Because I want to make sure that I have the the correct name. But as I mentioned earlier, like I am trying to learn more about my culture. And part mm-hmm. of that is um, just learning more about me and how mm-hmm. like culture is important it w- for me uh, growing up or how it was missing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, like I mentioned earlier, like moving to the U.S. was um it really took away all those ties that my parents still have with, Mm -hmm. you know, the extended family. And I didn't really have that because we moved when um, we were very young, when I was very young. I can't find it. Anyway, so I am taking a class and we were Mm -hmm. talking about this in it. um, And one of the things that came up was that somebody asked in the class asked, why it was difficult for Hispanic or Latinx families to talk about mental health or to go to therapy mm-hmm. when in the past there's some evidence saying that um, even the Aztecs or the Mexica people, um, they valued mental health and they had mm-hmm. this book that spoke about it, like not mm-hmm. in the same terms that we are using nowadays, but mm-hmm. they were able to identify all these things. And I'm like, I didn't know that because mm-hmm. I was so sort of removed from my roots. And um so anyways, the question was like, okay, so why do you think if we were doing it before, what changed? Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of different reasons for that. But one of the main ones that I was like, oh, yeah, I didn't think about this is that therapy as we kind of know it um, more because of the media and whatnot mm-hmm. was not really created for um, people of color. Mm-hmm. And so it's very uncomfortable for people to reach out and be in those spaces because that's not what we know. We know like talking over coffee mm-hmm. and bread, um, mm-hmm. especially in the, in the Mexican community. We're like, yes, uh, cafecito and pan. That's like, that's mm-hmm. what we do. And then, you know, we're talking around in circles. We're, you know, receiving that support from each other. And then I was like, oh, that is so true. Like I've just been thinking about it since the other day that that it was discussed. And I feel like it's something very similar to here where like 
the heroes are kind of like struggling uh, with reaching out for help because it wasn't really like created like a lot of them just needed someone to be like yes that sucks and i've mm-hmm. experienced something similar you're not mm-hmm. alone you mm-hmm. know like maybe the struggle is a little bit different the pain you know because it's not exactly the same but they needed that support from another person but because everything was so secretive and there was a lot of emphasis placed on that like confidentiality the anonymity yeah Yes, that that support would have been so helpful as well. It, it was kind of pushed to the side. Which is actually an amazing contrast considering we're talking about the Justice League here, which is supposed to be a which is a group of heroes supporting each other. But oh, that support only lies when we need to solve a problem and rescue humanity, not when we need to do but talk about our mental health. Yeah. Like one of the things that I kind of was like, mm, I don't like this. Maybe this is why I didn't um, continue, like why Batman didn't continue being one mm-hmm. of my favorites was because, and this wasn't the first instance that we see, we see it all the time where he has backup plans for backup plans mm-hmm. for backup plans mm-hmm. or how to stop people uh, because there are a lot of, he's one of the few that doesn't have any superpowers. He's completely mm-hmm. human. Mm-hmm. Um and then so he has all these plans on how to prevent, you know, problems in case someone who has very strong powers uh, goes berserk mm-hmm. um, for some which reason or another. In, which gets mentioned yeah. in here and yeah. exposed. And, well, it's mentioned the others know about it and it actually gets used against him too. Yes, oh, like constantly, especially Superman. I feel like that's mm-hmm. happened to him a lot um, mm-hmm. with Kryptonite. But then I'm like, okay, so they're supposed to be like good friends and and colleagues and, you know, like people who support each other. Yet Batman still like, mm, I don't really fully trust you though. And, mm-hmm. and like the other person feels it too. They're like, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. we all know. We all know that you don't really trust us. So there's this sort of like um There's a limit space. to how much. Yeah, there's a limit yeah. to how much actual trust and let alone vulnerability that can happen there. And I hate to say it, I just was dealing with kind of an issue of that earlier today, where despite the nature in our as our career uh, aspects, as I was dealing with some other therapists, our ability to be vulnerable and also to practice that shared empathy went out the window. Yes, because we all struggle too. Like we all need our own therapist. We're not. Mm-hmm. And even though we're in the field, there are times where we all think, mm, I can get through this. I don't really need help or like, mm-hmm. it'll be okay kind of thing. When we know that mm-hmm. it will be better and everything will be resolved, you know, we reach out to help. Um, mm-hmm. Or like, I think there's also too the aspect of because you're dealing with it all the time, you know, mm-hmm. learning more and like trying to support people and help people that you come to a place where you're like, I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, like there has to be some sort of change or rest that mm-hmm. is very important for us to um, to have mm-hmm. as well as therapists. So then we can continue understanding, you know, be Which understanding of others. One of the big things that all of these heroes and are having to deal with because the simple fact, whether it's going from the street level crime to the great cosmic crime, there's always seems to be a crisis. Right. It never ends. There is never ending crisis. I mean, as speak about issues of 
whether you consider it a good movie or not, the Daredevil movie that had um, Affleck in it. There was a scene in there where uh, after a hard day of all the doing the all the rescuing and so forth, he's at the end of the day, he's hurting, he's uncomfortable. The only way he can sleep is in a sensory deprivation tank. And as he's getting into the tank, he hears, because of his echolocation, someone crying out for help. Does he get out of the tank and go and help them? Or does he close the tank and sleep for himself? And he ends up choosing to close the tank and sleep. Yeah, and that that's also an, another thing that heroes have to deal with, right? Like, mm-hmm. they have to also take care of themselves because it's impossible for them to be doing superhero things 24-7. Like, they also mm-hmm. need rest. They also need a life. And then mm-hmm. so, and that's when we often hear people like, well, you're a superhero. Why weren't you here? And I'm like, well, I still have a life. I need to take mm-hmm. care of myself and sleep and eat and rest, mm-hmm. you know? Like, mm-hmm. I can't be on it um, all the time. And I think we also should extend the fact that I know we've talked about heroes, we've talked about the first responders, but this also happens in people's everyday life as well. Whether it is caregiving for uh, either a sick child or a sick family member, whether it is going into a, in our case, a very hostile, toxic, maybe even heavily racist environment. Um, any of these various things even right now, one of the things where we struggle with with for kid recognize having helping kids recognize they're dealing with a trauma, and you've got teachers exhausted because some of them were never even here to plan to be able to sit with little Billy and little Susie about what's happening at home because there's not enough food or mom and dad are hitting each other or dad and dad is caught up in a drug situation or so on and so forth. They're here to try and try and teach them the ABCs and one two three. Right. Yes, there is that aspect as well of where there are so many professionals out there, especially teachers nowadays, where they are not only trying to teach you, but they're trying to, you know, guide you um, Mm. as, you know, as you're growing up and learning all these things about life, but also trying to keep you safe and also trying to like figure out. So in my current job, we do a lot of um of assessments and evaluations and so mm-hmm. oftentimes it comes with like you know the child was struggling with a learning um difficulty and it wasn't caught until like years years later mm-hmm. or like even as adults that's when it was caught like once you're an adult mm-hmm. and you're completely out of school and then you get diagnosed with adhd or um autism and then you're like oh everything makes sense now. And I never got the support that they never got the support that they needed because mm-hmm. it wasn't seen, but, but I'm like, but so whose fault is it? Is it the teacher for never noticing when the teacher has like a million and one other things that they're trying to do at the same time? Uh, was it the parents fault um, for not noticing when the parents mm-hmm. don't really know, right? They mm-hmm. don't understand. They were trying the very best that they could. Most of the time, that's how it happens. Or they didn't realize and they're like, Oh, you know, my child just needs a little extra help or whatever. But or even the aspect of culture saying that this is either normalized or somehow they were automatically bad to begin with. Right. Or like as a parent, like, oh, this is my fault for not raising them right. Mm-hmm. Or that I've right. somehow sinned against God and this is the 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 punishment I'm getting. Because I've heard that too from parents. Yeah. And so it's it's a lot more complicated than just mm-hmm. that. Life is not... Um, 
I think that's one of the things I appreciate about sort of the DC universe mm-hmm. is that not only is there always something that is happening, but also they they showed you how complex things are, like mm-hmm. for humans and for aliens and superheroes. Like everyone mm-hmm. is like really constantly struggling with something mm-hmm. and it's not, not everything is black and white. Mm-hmm. And it never has been. But it's problematic when you have people who only want to hold to black and white, which is we also see in here with the aspect of it's either Booster Gold or Holler Quinn who are responsible for this tragi- tragedy. Right. And yeah. What becomes and the and the battleground that you also see with the hero, the other hero is going is like we're having to take sides, and we're hunting down Booster Gold and Harlequin to figure out which one of them actually did it. I mean, at some point, it's kind of surprising no one even brought the idea that they did it together. Yeah, that was a really nice twist. Mm-hmm. There, were there like, yeah, yes, again, I don't want to give, spoil it too much. We're not giving spoilers. <laughs> but I'm sure the more astute will probably be able to figure out who we're talking about, especially if they start <laughs> once they start reading this. Yeah. You know, the only one to, since I work with kids mm-hmm. all the time, the only sort of the youngest one that was portrayed here was probably Robin. Mm-hmm. He was one of the youngest that was that was here. And now I'm thinking about it because now that I finally <laughs> read this, mm-hmm. um, this comics, um, I realized that I have a book that was for children as well. It's called Even Superheroes Have Bad Days. And mm-hmm. it's basically just talking about how even heroes can feel sad and they mm-hmm. and they are afraid and all these things. You know, it, even though they do all these great things or they have all this great power, they still struggle with the same things that we struggle as well. And mm-hmm. I'm like, yes, like we need to start talking about those things. And sometimes as parents, we're like, oh, we want to protect the children and not talk about difficult things happening. But difficult things are happening and the child is noticing, especially now mm-hmm. with everything that's happening at the schools. Mm-hmm. Whether it's the schools right. or even in the household. I mean, even if they aren't openly fighting, but they can see a tension between the parents. And yeah. who knows what it is, whether it's from money to uh, emotional abuse to sexual assault, or even the problems with just the relationship that was happening with the parents from the very beginning. They right, can yeah. pick it up. And we do see that, too, when we get various, uh, we get Robin, we get Nightwing, we get Red Hood all talking about the aspect of comparing themselves against each other, because each one of them wore the mantle of Robin have worked with Batman and now I was wondering like how much is this issue that they're having because of working with Batman and he did some sort of comparison to the to the previous Robins or even if he didn't like they're still Mm -hmm. doing it because they're like aware and I forgot who it was might have been uh, Nightwing who was talking about like well Mm -hmm. so this Robin was brought this to the table and this Mm -hmm. other one brought this other thing so what am I bringing to the table Mm -hmm. am I like disposable or something and Mm -hmm. I'm like and I'm like, oh, I think we should do just another one where we just talk about Batman because there's so much we can just talk about. Right. And, that, and there's an example of one of the other issues. Is some of the other issues comes up is the comparison trap that people can both get into and people can avoid doing altogether. Mm-hmm. So there, I, I, it makes me wonder about 
who they consulted with mental health wise when they were figuring out these what to bring up for the various characters. I mean, because even there is one where a brief panel where they have Dr. Light or a version of Dr. Light complaining, talking about the fact that she's there being a hero when another Dr. Light was a villain. And having to bear the name and everything that they did. That is a very good question that, that you asked, like, who did they consult? Or if they consulted anyone? Because I lately mm-hmm. have been reading a couple of like uh, different uh, comics and, and books um, where the writer is not necessarily a mental health um, professional. Mm-hmm. And there's some things where I'm like, hmm, yeah, like this could have been, you know, addressed in a slightly different manner or like talked about slightly different. But I am very glad that we are just openly talking about mental health. Mm-hmm. I'm just. But yes, consulting with a professional is better. Definitely. Which I always still bring back to the aspect, too, of how we are also as a profession portrayed in a lot of media, especially some of the comic books. Because if you look at any of the Marvel stuff that has come out, there has been at least at some point a therapist or somebody who's therapy minded present. And yet we're kind of somehow turned into either a joke or turned into a hostile factor. It's like. Yeah, none of those things are what we would do. Which also brings up the aspect, when was the last time we saw any of these heroes being mental health workers or in their day job? Wow, that's a good question. It's usually just like universes. Yeah, it's just usually like a brief scene where they're getting coffee with a friend right before Mm -hmm. they have to rush off and save someone. Mm -hmm. But you never see you never seem we seem to get a superhero whose essentially day job is a mental health worker. Well, hold on. Like, that's one of the things that I don't know enough about um, Harley Quinn uh, for yeah, this, but, but throughout throughout the yeah, this but, comic, she was kind of hinting at, yeah, yeah, doesn't work. Right. Well, but especially in that standpoint, too, Harley Quinn, while she started out as a PhD doctor working at Arkham, she did... Hate to say it, she was also tricked by Joker, became put into the fluid that turned created the Joker, and she was for a long time a villain. Yeah, she's been doing a lot more things that are heroic or shall we say anti-heroish. But again, when do we actually have a hero whose work or focus when they're not out risking their lives is a mental health professional? We don't. There are some superheroes that are more uh, spiritual in some ways or another. Yeah, Yeah, but it's not brought up as Mm -hmm. often as it Mm -hmm. could. Yeah. I mean, I know, I think in DC, not DC, Marvel, there was Doc Sampson, who was uh, sometimes brought in as a mental health consultant for the Hulk. I know in Young Justice, there was a point where they had Black Canary acting kind of as the therapist to the Young Justice characters Mm. in the first season. But really, where is there any of these superheroes whose primary job or central training is actually in psychology? It's not very glamorous for a superhero to be that. Which then brings us back to the aspect of 
how are we normalizing mental health? And the fact that a mental health worker can also be a hero. And, but also kind of like slightly going back to Harley Quinn, where like the whole time he was like, yeah, sorry to tell you, but therapy doesn't work or whatever. And there are people who have not have a great experience when they mm-hmm. first reach out. And then so they're like, well, it doesn't work. Why am I going to go? Mm-hmm. But this is why I always talk to all of my clients whenever I meet someone, like even just in my own personal life. And I'm like, you have to also interview your therapist because it mm-hmm. has to be a good fit for you. You have to be fo- feel comfortable with them. If you don't, then it's not going to be a good process. It's not going to be a good safe space for you to, to process what you need to process or you know, to be who you really are without having to hide for some reason or another exactly that's that's really important yeah which comes back to what we were also saying at the beginning about the aspect that the concepts of what is mental health today was not built around the concepts of what's necessary for poc and i'd also go as far as to say we're also dealing with the influences of insurances and money about how we get to practice and how we are able to serve and provide for those that come to see us as mental health workers. Yeah, that is very true because we are limited. Our, the mm-hmm. people that come to see us are also limited um, de- depending on what their copay is and whether or not mm-hmm. they can afford it, you know, that month or that week. It's, um, yeah. I have this shiny outlook of mm-hmm. life in where I want to... Uh, create or work with other people to create a world where we can talk more openly about mental health and openly admit, hey, I need a mental health day. I can't come to work today. And that's something mm-hmm. that's okay. And or for you to walk up to your friend and be like, hey, can I just have a hug? Or can you come mm-hmm. and sit, listen to me rant for a few minutes? That's I really need that right now. Mm-hmm. Um I have this hope that if we normalize it more, um we'll start to understand each other more. And not not only ourselves, but you know each other. Mm-hmm. We'll have like that compassion and empathy would be more present or be stronger because we sort of understand. We're openly talking about and being honest with each other and ourselves about what mm-hmm. we need and what we what we're going through. Very true. Which and this is about where we're going to wrap up. On one one last thing that sort of comes up is especially on that note, which is one of the things that I think too is a struggle we hit with mental health and especially situations like this is also the aspect of consequences. And it is important for us to be able to recognize and share all of the things that we have talked about, but we also have to deal with consequences. And just because somebody has gone through a mental health crisis, some of the things that come with it, we can't also ignore, which is one of those elements, which when you get to the end of the story, you'll notice that some definite consequences are being held and recognized, but they're also, in their own way, contributing to the further problem, too. I think because, hmm. kind of going back to what we were talking about, um, wait, my man is blanking now, but like... Just look at the end of the book. This black and... <laughs> hmm. No, the black and white thinking sometimes mm-hmm. that we prefer because it's a lot simpler. Um, mm-hmm. you know, than seeing all the different shades of gray um, in life. 
And so sometimes it's a lot easier to address the symptom mm-hmm. than it is to address the root of the problem. Mm-hmm. And that's a big thing that kind of got missed and it gets missed oh, yeah. often yeah. in real life, in movies, comics, whatever. Yeah. And that can also be a very big factor in too, who and how you're working with your therapist. There are some who, because of all the natures of either the setting or again, like I mentioned, the insurance, there might be some who focus on giving you short-term, more of a Band-Aid approach. There are others who will be better at working at long-term, really digging in to try and get to that source root. And that takes time. That's not going to be done in five weeks. So that's also one of those aspects of picking the right therapist and both for you and for the therapist to pick to be able to work with. Because I know there was one point in the book where they were all comparing uh, in the chamber how long they'd been at Sanctuary. Yeah, that also makes me think too, is like the other way around too, because we have this phrase Mm. that we use sometimes. We're like, oh, they were not there yet. Mm -hmm. You know, the client wasn't there yet, so they're not coming back for therapy. And I'm like, wait, is it that they weren't ready for change or is it that we weren't providing the help in the way Mm -hmm. that they needed it at that Mm -hmm. time? Mm -hmm. So like (laughs) there's things for us to consider as well, you know, like on our end, because even Mm -hmm. though like, Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman, they were trying to, they created this thing to, you know, help each other. They were, <laughs> there were things that were missed. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like, there are probably so many more things we could have also talked about in this podcast that we just don't have the time for. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> exactly. So with that, we need to be wrapping up. I want to thank you again for coming and sitting with me to talk about this and our field and geeking out. Well, thank you for creating a space where this is possible. <laughs> Happy to. So where can folks find you and where can they hear more about your work? All right. So like I said earlier, um, I changed my uh, social media handle. It's the same for all my social media. So mm. you can find me on TikTok and Facebook and Instagram. Those are the ones that I use the most often. And I am there at um, at psych, the number four geeks. And uh, my, my website, I have um, some resources and um, things uh, for people there as well. So they can check out. Um, and that is at psychologyforgeeks.com. Okay, so I'll have that in the show notes. So please, folks, read Heroes in Crisis. Seek out a therapist. I know we're a little in demand at the moment right now. Um, But just keep at it. There is hope out there. And sometimes you need to put on your own hero's cape. And that is you seeking out mental health. So we look forward to seeing you in the Hall of Justice as well. Be well. Thank you for tuning in for Untying Knots, Minds and Souls Untethered. Be sure to join your host, Perry Clark, for another episode on the podcast coming soon on the Voice America Empowerment Channel.